The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his apostles, Fear no one, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell it in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before humans, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before humans, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. An elderly woman named Gladys had a window seat on a big 747 jetliner, taking off from New York and heading to Rome. Finally, she had the opportunity to visit the eternal city that she had longed to see for her entire life. She had one fear up until that point preventing her from making the trip, fear of flying. But she had garnished up enough courage to buy that plane ticket and to go with a group on a pilgrimage. And there, as the flight took off, she decided to overcome her fears. She would just close her eyes, not think of anything, and then open them once they are, have taken off. So after a good several minutes of that and feeling no more turbulence in the flight leveling out, she opened her eyes just at the right time to see one of the four engines on the wing fly off and head out into the sky. Screaming hysterically, she did not know what to do. And then the pilot's voice came on the PA system saying, don't worry everyone, with the three engines, we can still make it to Rome. Everything will be okay, nothing to worry about. And plus, the stewardess came over to Gladys and said, don't worry, you see those four men in the front seats there of the plane? They're bishops. They'll be praying, we're, we're good, we have three engines and four bishops on this flight. God is with us and the bishops are praying for you. She said to the stewardess right away, well, I'd much rather have four engines and three bishops on this flight <laughs> to get me over to Rome. <laughs> Human words can't dispel fear. It's just a fact. They help. They might assuage some of the feelings or emotions, but only God's word, divine word, can dispel fear because it comes from a depth of eternity and of love that has control of everything going on that can make us afraid. Human words can help from friends and others, but we need faith to truly be courageous in our life and overcome those things that hold us back from being the best person and version of ourselves that God wants us to be, because he wants us all to become saints. And fear can be those things that hold us back from different ways in which God's plan might have something in store for us. This is the very experience of the prophet Jeremiah in our first reading. He's been faithful to the Lord, and he knew from the beginning of his prophetic ministry that he was gonna have some opposition. He was called to give hope to the people, 
but also challenged their idolatry. He's the one who connected idolatry with adultery in the Old Testament, and that's a poignant image that he was hammering home with the people. He was called to plant, but also uproot and bring people back to fidelity to God and justice towards one another because of the lack of respect people were having in the nation of Israel at the time. But now everything's going wrong here in chapter 20. He's praying to God for help because he's getting so much persecution, so many, so many doubts about his calling as a prophet that he's falling into a deep despair that's likened to a dark pit in his prayers to God. And then he receives an insight in his prayer, a divine word, a word that can help him overcome his doubts and fear. And it's a powerful one that I invite you and all of us to pray when we're experiencing those Jeremiah moments, those moments when we feel that we're completely down and out, that everything we thought that was going to be is no longer so, and we feel an absence of God's presence. This is what the Lord told him. The Lord is at my side like a warrior. Therefore, I shall sing and praise the Lord. What a great prayer. The Lord is at my side like a warrior. Therefore, I shall sing and praise the Lord. From this point onwards, Jeremiah is climbing up out of that pit, out of that spiritual darkness. This word from the Lord is exactly what he needed. And what a great image. Who best to fight by our side like a warrior than God himself? And notice here, God doesn't remove the danger or remove the difficulties from Jeremiah. He enters into them, and he promises to be by his side. Over the past week and a half, I've attended many graduation ceremonies for our grade school and upcoming week high school students, along with the other priests. And one thing that struck me across the board in all of the graduation speeches from the students this year was something I don't know that I've picked on up picked up on earlier, and that was the, each of the students at each of the schools thanked the principal and the staff for creating a safe school for them to go to. I found that very interesting. I thought when I was in grade eight, we thanked the principal for our field trip, for our sports teams. It would have never even crossed my mind to thank them for creating a safe school environment. Now, as we know, there's a whole list of things that are behind that statement from our young people. But this kind of longing and desire for complete safety, for complete protection from all harm or difficulties or obstacles, maybe in grade school you can control that, but it's humanly impossible. Only God can truly protect us from everything. There's so much out of our control that not even the best of principals or best of staff will be able to prevent all those things from happening. And so that's why we need faith. That's why we need God in our life. He's the answer to that need for security and that need for safety. It comes from the Lord who will guide us through everything. Study after study shows us, and I found this very interesting, 60% of the things we fear and make us afraid are an illusion. They're not founded on reality. So if we just think of 100% of everything that creates anxiety and worries and fears in our hearts, that 60% of that 100% load that we're carrying aren't even real. That's good news, I think, right? That's, they're not even real. 20% of them, of our fears, are things that are behind us in life, things from our past that we might remember but no longer should have a stronghold over us. 10% are so small and insignificant that they don't really make a difference if they're there or not. 
and 5% of the remaining 10% in this calculation are things that are out of our control. So that leaves us with 5% of real fears that we need to deal with. When we think of life in that perspective, that of all the things that create the burden, there's just 5% that are within our control, that are founded in reality, that are large enough to make us worry about them, I think we can deal with that 5% much better with faith, with family, with a parish, with the sacraments and God's grace that he gives us. Jesus in our gospel today reminds us to have no fear. Fear no one are the first words of this gospel passage. But if you open your Bibles to where Matthew chapter 10, verse 26 to 33 starts, there's an important word before fear no one from the lips and mouth of Jesus. And that word is therefore. Therefore, fear no one. Whenever you see the word therefore in the Bible, we should ask ourselves, what is it therefore? There's a reason. <laughs> that took most of this afternoon to cook that one up. <laughs> Before this, in Matthew chapter 5 to 7, Jesus is preaching his Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. Throngs of people are coming to him, hearing his preaching. Chapters 7 to 9, he's healing and, and performing miracles. And now so many people are following him and the gospel message that it seems that they are on the top of their game. And therefore, Jesus then tells his apostles the following things. See now, I am sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves. Beware of them, for you will be hated in councils and they will flog you in the synagogues. Families will experience separation because of me. And Jesus goes into detail. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next, for truly I have not gone from you. Therefore fear no one, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. Jesus, after sending the apostles into a challenging time, reminds them that their mission is not going to be without difficulty or obstacles, but that should not lead them to fear. He's at work with them. And he perceives and sees everything, just like everything that is given, and we are more valuable than sparrows sold for a penny. Not one that falls on the ground is unperceived by our Father in heaven. God sees us. Christ Jesus, the Son of God, sees us. And this isn't some weird kind of surveillance that God's seeing us, is that he cares for us. When we say that God sees us, he cares. If there was no God, then it's a free-for-all. Yeah, we could do whatever we want, and we could never lose. But if there's no God, and we can do whatever we want, we also can never win, because nothing's at stake. There's no higher superior principle or value that we need to strive for. But with God, we can be victorious. With God, we can, be win, we can win and be successful in life by being faithful to him, to ourselves, and to others. God sees us, and we have great value in his sight.